Welcome to the Higher Energy, energy Superpower. Power. This is episode 28 of the Turbo the Duo, Duo Cast. Cast. I am your host, Salvatore Mata, and to my left is my brother from another game show lover. He is the oral assassin. He puts the ass in classic gaming, everybody. It's Trenton E. Wright the third Esquire, Esquire. And now I get to clap. The Candy Man can. The Candy Cane Man can. That's right. <laughs> As you can see in all of our Candy Cane Splendor, it is our Happy Holiday Christmas episode. And we are delighted to bring this to you guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy we Hanukkah. Wish you a Merry Christmas. And every other holiday. And New Year's. Happy Happy New Year. Hope yeah. you guys are having a, a fantastic New Year because I imagine. We didn't start it. By the time this episode airs, it's going to be either very close to New Year's or directly right after New Year's. Oh. No, this is coming out. This is coming out. Yeah. You heard it here first, and you'll find out depending on when you listen Just to it. Just make a little list. Drinking this twice. It's going to find out who naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming. That's Michael Bolton's rendition of Santa Claus. You don't need to explain. Just let it sit. (laughs) Sal, did you... um, I heard that you did a Christmas list. Yes. Okay. For Santa. For Santa. And uh, did somebody send it off today? Uh, Someone set it off? (laughs) Right. And so you're expecting a letter back, right? Yeah. How many Mm -hmm. stamps does it take to get to the North Pole? (laughs) Like three? It's actually... It's one of those um, envelopes that has the black and white strips so that if, if you... Send it. It's the postage is paid by the receiver. Oh, Santa's got to pay for it. Yeah, it's like a business reply mail. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so that's how giving he actually is. He wants to get letters from the kids or else he's not going to know what to make. Yeah, he's got to pay for the pay for the postage. He's, gotta, <laughs> he's making the toys. He might as well pay for, pay for the postage. So, and returning with us again is Turbo Duo and a Half. As you've heard his voice, Salvatore Thomas Mata. Salvatore Superstar, Soccer, Spider-Man, Superman... Super villain, super extra, beautiful. Are you making up names? I don't, you came up with the Spider-Man last time, so yes. we're just, you know, we're rolling with You're extra going stuff. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Super Cody. Oh, yeah. Well, we hope you guys are having a happy holiday. Thank you for joining us on this yeah. episode 28. It's a most splendiferous occasion. As you've seen by the title of this episode, we are going to be talking about a not Christmas movie, Christmas Whoa. movie game whoa leave, leave your feedback in the comments die hard <laughs> arcade dislike dislike so much dying so much hardness so much ar- so much arcade, arcade. <laughs> we're gonna get into it very very soon it's a good day to die hard he's back <laughs> just when you think he was done the first time and guess who he's brought with him shia labeouf <laughs> wait a minute that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, a good day to die hard. <laughs> oh, he was in that? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, in the reboot. What is up with all of these like 80s kind of like... It was pretty good though. Like movies like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and... Well, I think... You know, no, I think they come back and they do like something like 25 years later, Terminator Genesis or well, whatever. You that know, was really like, bad. I never saw it. Was that the one with Linda Hamilton? Yes. The mom from Terminator? Oh, uh, I don't know. All right. The one that was really good they rebooted is Dread. 
Oh, okay. Two. Yeah, RoboCop. They did that one too. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't no. like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, but the Dread one. It's not. It's not dreadful. No, it's really good. It's really good. It's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Better than the first one. Yeah. 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 I don't know how they they managed to do it. Wow. I mean, it happens. It's rare. Yeah. You know. Turn. Yeah, but they did like I think they did like three reboots. Of the Die Hard? I don't know which one. I think the first one was... Wait, three reboots of the Die Hard? Well, I mean, you know, they had the first... Sequels. The first couple of Die Hards, and then, like, yeah, 2012. Die Harder? <clears throat> it was, like, yeah, Live Free or Die Hard, and then oh, A Good Day okay. to Die Hard, and I think there may have been one other one. Yeah. But the, no, the first one was good, you know. It's an action movie, you know. It's a romp. Things blow up. Yeah. You know, someone saves the day. Somebody crawls on glass. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know. You know, a bridge breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He stops it with his hand. <laughs> yeah, and there's a big explosion at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He stops it with his hand. Who is yeah. it, Captain Planet? Captain Planet. Yeah, we're not going to sing that one. Though. Okay, that's, fine. That's, that's too Way much. Way to take all the fun out of it. Yeah, that's too much tuna. We can't, uh, we can't do that. It's too much. So one of the things that we, you know, that we had a long episode last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Real long. And we, we didn't get to, I, I missed or not missed, but... We we kind of ran out of time. One of the things that I wanted to talk about, and this is this can be kind of like a show note for last uh, podcast, was Trent. I we didn't talk about the Twisted Metal scores from back then. Oh, we're slipping up the EGM scores from back in the day. Yeah, so there was something about the scores of this game that were just so striking to me. So what would you what would you expect? Well, when the, we, when the we way t- you're the way you're leading this. I'm not listen. There's you, so there's two different there's two different you, magazines. Are you leading on the witness right now? There's two different magazines <laughs> that we that I always go to. You know, generally it's always EGM and probably GamePro. Mm. So, took a look at both magazines and what they rated and what they scored the games. And I also took a look at on one of the magazines how it compared to other PlayStation releases that month. Okay, so you got to think like late '95 is when this got reviewed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation One, right? Uh, what would you what would you expect that this game would have gotten back then in terms of scores on let's say like a like a well let's see <laughs> it's funny because I was just watching randomly the other day uh, I think it was Classic Game Quarterly's uh, PlayStation in 1995 oh and I think a I saw I think he had the scores for the uh, for Twisted Metal uh, okay <laughs> so but I mean not seeing that I mean I would expect it to get Eights, eight and a half, nine. What would what would what do you think <clears throat> Twisted Metal is like if you had to score it, if you had to rate it back then? Oh, back then. <clears throat> what, oh, what, do you, what do you think you would have given it? Yeah, personally, eight and a half. <laughs> eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. So EGM, it won Game of the Month. Yeah. Okay. It was the, that makes sense. It was the Game of the Month. It got a nine point five, a nine point zero, a nine point zero, and a nine point five. So clearly they. Liked it, and I can think they they agree with or we agree with what they wrote back then that it was a revolutionary title, tons of action, tons of fun, you know, uh, even a, even a graphical spectacle on some on some you know in some ways. It was just a <clears throat> it was just like the perfect time for that game right. to come out. Right, the extreme and all that stuff that we talked about. So now it's just like now it's just like that's just like standard, like you know, yeah. it wouldn't be anything special if I think if it came out today. Well, but th- th- it's not coming out today, right? No, I know. So you got to judge games in their time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? yeah. So, you ready to have some fun? 
Oh boy, here we go. Yes. Here we go. Right. The complete opposite. <laughs> so it's not complete opposite, but when you compare it to what other games got, saying it's like perfect, basically, you have to question GamePro's judgment. And oh no, GamePro? <laughs> yeah. So so GamePro, it was the worst reviewed PlayStation One game in that issue. <laughs> were they getting now? Were to, they getting some checks from Mario or now, something? What's going on there? Now, to be fair. To be fair, it the got, only other games they rated were Criticom. <laughs> so to be fair, it got a three and a half, a, a three to, point to zero. To be fair, oh, that's because they did that. They five, do it on a five point five. scale. Excuse me. So this would have been like a six. Wait, so, are you well? Are you saying well? Because they rate their things like it's like fun factor, graphics, okay. gameplay. So graphics, fun factor, or graphics, sound, gameplay. <laughs> and there's a kind. I don't know which one is which, but they were three and a half, three and three and a half. Fun factor was a four, so that would be equivalent to like an eight. An eight, yeah. So three and a half, three. So it's like a seven, six, seven, eight. <laughs> you right there? Yeah. What are you doing? What? You're just making a lot of noises here. <laughs> you're crowding. You're crowding up my airspace. I just want to make sure you're okay. You good? Coughing. All right. You want to take a sip? You can't cough Don't. on air. Take a sip of water. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut you out of the frame. Yeah. Actually, just drip it on the microphone. That might help it, actually. <laughs> we'll get it in post. We'll get uh, it in post. Well, I mean, stop, that's like stop so- bouncing around <clears throat> the microphone because it keeps reverberating in our ears. Go ahead, Trent. Uh, well, I mean, whatever any part of it would be is, <laughs> I mean, that's like saying I don't think any part of the game would be a six. You know. I think sound. It was either sound or I don't know what. It, I, it's hard to read because <laughs> I had to pull it off of a screenshot. But uh, it was three and a half, three, three and a half, and four. So they, they basically gave it like a call it a seven mm. out of ten. But it was the worst rated game, and this is where I have a problem. I don't have a problem with the score. I have a problem with what it compares to. So there, there were every other PlayStation game was reviewed better, and these are some games. of the games. Here we go. <laughs> Viewpoint, which is. Okay, what it's viewpoint. Yeah. It's, it's viewpoint. Zero divide. I don't even know what zero divide. I remember is. that it came out. I couldn't tell you really what it was. <laughs> it's definitely a game. Okay. Alien virus, which I don't even know if it ever came out. <laughs> Alien virus, I've never heard. We should have Ryan back that's, to, to that's tell not us. A, that's not an Atari twenty six hundred game. Yeah, it sounds like it. And you know the last game and the most atrocious one that it was reviewed worse than in GamePro? Robo Pit? Criticom. Oh, I was yeah, you were, why didn't I go with Criticom? Criticom. <laughs> I said that first. Which hey, wait, 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 wait. No, Criticom. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no, no, to, no. So for for some of you who, who <clears throat> have been following our channel, the very first video that Trenton and I ever did was a video where we played some terrible fighting games on the Sega Saturn. And one of those games was Criticom. Go back and take a look at the video. Mm-hmm. But well, I can say firsthand because I was one of like the, that's like the first game I got for the PlayStation when I, got, I bought it. I got it for five dollars for the Sega Saturn back then. <laughs> it's it's it, it's not even like it might be the worst fighting game ever. Or it's close a, to it. It's like just not even like playable. I I'd mean, rather play Rise to the Robots, <laughs> which is another game we played. It's just so that is the that game got a higher rating than Twisted Metal. That game got higher a higher score than the system. I couldn't tell you exactly what that is. I'd have to I'd have to take a look. Here, no, it's it's. I mean, it's not even it's not important. But no, the, it, like that game is just not even like pl- it's barely playable. And to say that game got a better rating than one of like the most 
recognizable games for the PlayStation is... Okay, so Criticom got a 4, a 3.5, and a 3.5, and, and a 4. <laughs> so they got, it gave, it got an 8, a 7, a 7, and an 8. What would it get an 8 on? Everything is bad about it. The graphics, maybe? Maybe the graphics? I, I mean, I guess the graphics are, are good. It's like a launch... Not, well, around like a launch title game, so I guess it's impressive in a way. Yeah. The second category is sound, and the last category is fun fact. I can't tell if... I think um, gameplay might be the first category, so... But it's not even play... It's barely playable. You move so slow, and, like, nothing really works. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like gameplay got a, got an 8 out of 10 or a 4 out of 5. It's kind of hard. Like, when you rate a game as 5, five or wait, 4 categories, like graphics sound gameplay and fun factor like mm-hmm. you can't really you can't you can't put those together and say that's an average because no I you know. know what i mean like the graphics could be a EGM, two. you can you can aggregate them in a way because there's four different reviewers yeah they just give us they just give a straight score right whereas in game pro if there's not really a real it just gives you those four they rate those, those four, four categories. Cat- and there's one reviewer who reviews the four the four i mean categories. i guess if you read the article you would get the actual review but you can't really get a, a, an answer from those four factors because you can't average them together all i'm telling you, know? you is that the <laughs> aggregate of those scores was better than twisted metal so you know that you wonder why we go back to EGM as like sort of the pinnacle of magazines and, and opinions back then, and it's clear. I mean, and, and maybe this is just hindsight, but I don't think so. I remember hating Criticom back then, and I remember loving Twisted no, Metal. Back I know. Then. So <laughs> I just I couldn't believe. I myself. remember playing Twisted Metal and be like, "This is this is like inc- this is insane." And then I remember playing Criticom being I uh, I never uh, <laughs> when they go off the the arena. Yeah, I was like I never want to play this again. <laughs> Wasn't Dark Rift the uh, sequel to that? That's on a 64, right? Yeah. Uh I mean, I guess it does kind of it's a similar look. I don't know if it's the same. They got like that rock character. He's just like a big rock monster. Did they make another Criticom too? It probably sold well because it was like one of like the launch That's a Vic- window. That's a Victoka yeah, game. Yeah, it right? was like the launch window game, so it mm-hmm. was like you didn't really have too many choices, and it looked cool. You know, it's like a three D fighting game. Mm-hmm. Back when that was like Virtua Fighter was a big deal, so yeah. and it, it was, looked better than Virtua Fighter. I you bet know? you it was a discount game too. I bet you it was it was like a twenty nine ninety nine game or something yeah. like that. I must have been. I probably got it. It probably was like thirty nine ninety nine at that. A little bit cheaper than a normal game. Yeah, which probably is what helped it sell. You know, it's like yeah. it's like when parents would go in for Christmas and and see Mike Didka football for 1999, and all their kids wanted Madden, and then you know they all went to Babbage's the day after Christmas and handed all their copies in. Oh, I've you know yeah. I've told the story many times of where I wanted uh, Turtles two, the, oh, ar- yeah. the arcade game for NES, and we were at Big Wheel, and my mom saw Turtles the first one because it was only like twenty dollars, and the new, the Turtles two was fifty. She's like, well, it's Turtles, so let's get the first one. I'm like, no, I want Turtles 2. <laughs> I was like, cry- it's a whole different I was experience. Like, I was like crying, and then she just ended up getting Turtles 1, and it was the worst. <laughs> I taught you some humility, Trent. <laughs> you get uh, what you get, yeah. and you don't get upset. And, and you don't get upset. Sal knows that one. <laughs> All right. So, Trent, uh, we're going to get back to this now um, in terms of uh, – talking about the Evercade, but um, I wanted to know, have you been playing anymore? Any more Evercade? Do you want me to be honest? Yeah. No. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I literally had <laughs> not even like a half That's hour. That's the problem of adult living is that you don't get the time to play when you want to play. Well, oh man, I played. Uh, I have the handheld. I played. I don't even. Either know that or I'm doing it all wrong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I had maybe like twenty minutes one, <laughs> one night. Did you have it hooked up? Well, no, I had the handheld. I put one. Oh, right. I think it was the Data East collection. I was playing uh, one of like the puzzle games. It kind of plays like a, uh, um, like Puyo Pop. It's kind of oh, Puyo Puyo or like a like Doctor but- Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Yeah, or um, what's those uh, like the what is it like the puzzle Bust a Move? Oh, all right. It's like. Kind of like a bust and move kind of game. Yeah, I can't remember what like it was snoo- called. Like snood. Yeah, and then I was playing. A f- I played a um, or bubble. A f- town. I played a few rounds of a tumble pop too. Yeah, that that would yeah. actually looked pretty good. Just because I had the hand, I didn't feel like going through. And I was just like, it was like ten o'clock at night. I didn't feel like hooking up the whole system and everything. Mm. So I was just like, eh, just play, just just play, the play like twenty minutes of the handheld right. for a little bit. Just get a little little yeah. latch. But we actually played. Um, Following the last episode, we played a little bit of the Evercade. Oh yeah, that one. What were you saying? Alligators. Allig- is- there's an there's a game from that Spanish studio, which I forget if it was a it was on the Pico collection or Mega Cat. No, it wasn't Mega Cat. It was Alligator, something, and it, it was like two eighties style kids. Yeah, he's that on like were, a skateboard. It's yep. like a sin and punishment kind of. It's, it's kind of like Wild Guns. Yeah, Wild on, Guns on. Um, yeah, Sin and Punishment, Wild Guns, where you have that character that's kind of in the foreground, and then there's stuff coming, yeah, you know, coming through you. the screen. And um, that game played really well. I yeah, mean, we played that for a little while. Yeah, I don't, it's I forget the studio, I forget what they're called, but you know, that's the thing about the Evercade is there's just some there's just some experiences yeah, there that you would never experience. Yeah, when it's like those indie developers, when there's like a whole bunch of games you didn't even know yeah. existed, they were like on Steam or. You know, they're like downloadable games on like the PlayStation Network or Xbox. Again, a curated Pass. experience where you're getting, you know, sort of the best of the best, you know, as much as you, as much as they can do. The other one that I really enjoyed was uh, Water Margin, which is that Chinese knockoff beat 'em up, uh, slash 'em up game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a few that weren't side scrolling. Yeah, there was a few beat 'em ups that were kind of. Just kind of marginal, but that yeah, that one was that one was pretty good. Yeah, that one kind of reminded me of like um like Knights of the Round. Yeah, you know that kind of thing, same painterly kind of look to it. So, um, well, yeah, we, we I mean we might talk about that and again uh, later down the line here. But um, the one thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of what we're playing is an experience that I'm having with my son. So you know if you're listening to this and you have a you know a child who you know might be kind of nascent in gaming. Sometimes a good experience to get them into is is something that's a lot simpler. And one of the things that we've been playing lately is the Atari Flashback. We have a um, Ooh. Atari Flashback 7 console here that I picked up a while back. And you know, there's some simple experiences it's... here. We went to the we went to the uh, gamers convention uh, last week and I brought this and set it up on a small TV and there were people yeah. playing it and some um, Frogger Frogger was was popular, and then Sal really got into yeah. which game did you really get into, Sal? I got into was it Asteroids? Nope. No, it was. I played some Asteroids. Oh, man. Centipede. Yes. It oh. was centipede. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That uh, that. What do you like is, about that? I like that you're like shooting like the little spider. And like the spider helps you get, like get the like the little blocks out of the way. You were yeah. zooming left and right all over the place. I, yeah, you were. <laughs> I don't know how you were dodging all that stuff because you were and flying I was, like, left and right. The centipede. 
Right. Also. And, <laughs> and you like that when you died, you could just get right back into the game, yeah. right? So that was that was a fun experience mm-hmm. to be able to play and and I think you got to the second or yeah. or third even I think you got to the I, third I got, level I one time. I got to the fourth level. You got to the fourth level? Yeah. Fourth. So and he's been playing this right along. There's another game on here which I you know sometimes these Atari games you just you don't know. I mean there's like 101 games on this hey, thing. Daddy? Yeah. What are they? Tell about the golf game. That, that, the golf game the, is terrible. Yeah, that golf game is terrible. Yeah, there's a Wait. game called golf, and it's it's it, atrocious. It, it just, it just, is it like mini golf, yeah, basically? There's like you this, just try to hit the ball into a hole. No, there's like this blue ball that like, and there's like water around it. It doesn't you, work. Yeah, when you like hit like the the blue ball into the river, it's just everything's blue. You yeah, the ball's blue, it. and there's a blue outline, so you can't see the ball when it goes into that <laughs> yeah. section. So it's just. There's some really terrible experiences here that just they probably didn't hey, even Daddy. they didn't even hold up back then. Football's good. I mean, I well, like that game. GamePro gave it all fours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a there's one game on here that's like basically a lightsaber battle. A sword sword battle. That's what it's called. Oh, does it play like boxing? But no, with... but you have like a sword and you have to go. Oh, you right? You have to go left and right. And you're just trying to like swing a sword at the other guy. You know what it actually looks like. You know the battle in American Gladiators where they're on the platforms and they have the the two yeah, yeah, jousting yeah. things. Yeah. Think that, but with like lightsabers, and the button moves the character either closer like or farther away to the enemy. Oh, okay. And you're just, and then the control stick is what actually you makes the sword movements to slash at the at the character. Oh, okay. So basically, you're just whacking away. And sometimes the swords will slash each other, but it's it's a simple fun. And a kid who's crazy about Star Wars like this one, yeah. he, he absolutely loves it. So, you know, I can't imagine that these are that expensive. You probably can find them for 20 bucks. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think they, they made a newer one, like the Atari Flashback 10 HD or whatever. There's an HD one that can yeah. work, too. We've got a little CRT that we play on, yeah. which is fun. And in terms of, um, in terms of the you know, the controllers... Sometimes, you know, like this one was supposed to work with Sega Genesis controllers, but it doesn't, but it works with Master System controllers, which makes it so much easier. So, you know, it, it seemed like even within like, you know, Flashback 7, there were different variations where some work with some controllers and some work with others. Thankfully, we have some Master System controllers. So that ended up working out. Can never have too many. No. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, let's talk about some pickups. And, um, you know, we're going to start with the little guy right here. Yes. He's going to talk about some of his games, and then we'll get into uh, some of our pickups here. So yeah. what is the first game that you want to talk about, Sal? I want to talk about Mar- Marvel Superhero Squad for on, the DS. On the Nintendo DS. Oh, yeah. So this looks like a fun We got this at the yeah. toy convention. Yep. There was another toy convention in Orange, Connecticut, and we went down there and and saw this. It was, uh, Who did I get it from? You got it from Andrew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of our friends who uh, he was the one who sold me the Rise of the Dragon at the um, at the Retro World Expo. You know, kind of looks like a simple sort of side-scrolling action game. Mm. You know, pretty good for a uh, you know for a seven-year-old to to get into. So, you know, when you're as Marvel and Spider-Man crazy as this guy over here, you know, anything's an opportunity God, that has Marvel. Marvel baby. I'm gonna- can I talk about my newest thing? <laughs> my newest thing. Sure. Wait, have you even played? Well, why don't we talk about the last game and then you can okay. talk about? Wait, have you even yeah. have you even played the Marvel Hero Squad yet? We haven't yet. No, nope. I haven't tried that one out yet. Okay. So, you know, again, talking about experiences that you can have with a younger person and have a good time. You know, a lot of the modern Spider-Man games, 
incorporate some physics that are just a little bit more difficult, some of the camera controls. Um, but there is a game that came out in the PlayStation 2, Xbox, even Xbox 360 era, Wii, that is more of a Marvel beat -em -up, 3D beat-em-up game, which is kind of apropos as we're talking about Die Hard Arcade today. Mm. Um, but this is a game that um, that, that I've, I've actually played with my little guy, and we've had a ton of fun. And so what game is that? Spider-Man Friend or Foe. Spider-Man Friend or Foe, and this is the Xbox 360 so, version. They have, like, these amulets that are, like, on, like, the Ooh. bad... The, like, amulets. amulets. That are, like, on, like, the bad guys, and they're, like, evil, and you have to, like, destroy them, and then, like, the bad guys can be on your team. Right. Even the bad uh, guys, even the bad guys turn good. Oh, hence the friend or foe. Friend or... You, yeah. get, to, you get to battle with friends. Friend or enemies. Or foes. Seems to be right in there. Yeah. Maybe unplug it and plug it back in. And we are struggling today. Yeah. Maybe do it from the back side. We'll get it in post. It's probably not the MXL, right? We could attach it. We could attach this to the end of the table, Trent. Mm. We could attach this to that end of the table and just make it go straight out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that better? Seems like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do we end with the friend or foe conversation? Uh, yes. No. No, no you were talking about the amulets. Yeah. So the the amulets are kind of like triangle shaped with like they, can, a, they control the bad guys yeah right? with like a green ball in the and you're talking about the bosses now you're not talking about the regular enemies the bosses yes. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who do you want to play as who's your favorite enemy to play as my favorite super villain the goblin no rhino rhino oh rhino That's yeah he's right. a, he's a big character in the ps4 game and and uh, miles morales so naturally, you know, yeah. he's he's a destruction, destruction. I will kill you, spider. So Sal loves destruction. He is a little yes. boy. And uh, so that's very attractive mm -hmm. for him. Right? Yeah. Why don't you talk about the last item you got, which is not necessarily video game related. Maybe someday it will be. Yeah. If they make a game based off yeah. of this, uh, this organization. I, it's in so the works. I got. In wait, 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 wait. Hold on. It's in the works? Yeah. There's a game coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've been on it. Nice. I got a um, one of the rubber rubber um, newer AW figures. Oh it's man, Cody Rhodes. Cody, 
Cody. He is one of my favorite. <laughs> that is a fabulous figure. I, I the American sure. Nightmare. As Cody. A, as opposed to the American Dream. Yes. Yeah. Mm. He is my favorite. AEW wrestler. He's he's the the best there is right now. He's I think. the code man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a it, that, that harkens back to the LJN WWF figures. It looks like they that's exactly and what they were going for. Yeah. It, either that or, or they made the WCW figures that were like that too. Yeah. 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 They, can you hold this for me? Sure. And it came with. Oh yeah. The, the poster. And that the LJN figures used to come with. Same, uh, literally the exact same. It has Cody Rhodes and everybody in the back. The superstars. Wow. Oh, oh, we're gonna, we'll get there. <laughs> Keeps rolling up. There you go. Stop it. There you go. Look how, look how hard he's looking on that picture, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hard body. Yeah. This is awesome with the AEW in there. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a sweet, I don't even have that one yet. Wow. I, saw, I don't know. Uncle Trent might be looking for a trade. I, I saw at the toy show one of like the, the, regular, the regular ones. Yeah, yeah. The, one of the regular figures, and he had like his shirt. He had like his black shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. With his uh, the that American was, Nightmare, that, that logo on oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, wait, when you went to the store with mommy, was there another, were there other figures? Yeah, I saw two others, but they were like regular. And this is the only one that I saw in the back. Was that the only one that was like this style with the rubber? Yes, yes. That's. This is the only one. Yeah, that's one. the only one they made so far. Oh, really? Of yeah. Oh, okay. I uh, thought they would yeah. it would have come out with like a series. No, no, no. It's like a in each each like series they pick one to make like the LJN style. I wish I could have seen the packaging. Do you throw out the packaging? It's just like uh, the regular we, ones. We threw it out when we went to it the gas the station. Okay. It looks the same. They, they, we threw out we threw it out, but it came with a card on the back. I wanted to keep it, but I threw it out. In we were <laughs> I wanted to, but I didn't have any scissors. That's okay. You have the most important thing, and that's the uh, the, toy. the character in the, <laughs> the poster. So, well, that's pretty sweet, Sal. Yep, that's everything. You're welcome. <laughs> that's everything. <laughs> it is. One thing I got to mention is that we really want to thank uh, Ryan Brown of Retro Games Plus for coming uh, and being on the show last episode. Mm-hmm. We hope to have him again on a future episode. Um, Ryan is always so good to us. He brings a lot of knowledge, a lot of expertise, and um, you know, a new perspective for uh, for the show. So we really appreciated having Ryan on here. And um, you know, we actually visited Ryan today at uh, Retro Games Plus. Uh, he came all the way up to meet us uh, at the store, and they had just gotten in some uh, brand new. Well, I won't say brand new, but uh, you know, some new to the new store, to you. new to the store um, <coughs> lot of manuals. And as everybody who is a retro gamer knows, is when you're looking at games, the one thing that you typically don't have when you see a, a nicely cased game, you open it up and you look inside and you see the cartridge or the or the, the disc and what? No manual. No manual. It's kind of like almost my favorite thing to do now is, is like look, for manuals? look through like a box of manuals. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, saw, I saw a box of manuals at... Um, at um, Retro Games Plus. Yeah, they have one there. Yeah, one of the one of the booths had it. Right. So they had actually some and newer I, newer manuals that are were. Go ahead. I saw empty cases that oh. I was looking at empty. I was looking at oh, empty from, Genesis game. Yeah, from the uh, the con yeah. the other night. Yeah. Oh, from the game from the the yeah. Congo. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so we, we had a, um, a Connecticut Gamers Convention, as we mentioned mm-hmm. on the last episode, and uh, we were able to mix in with a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other gaming heads around Connecticut, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, trade a few things, uh, you know, sell a few things if you want. Uh, Trenton, you found a uh, uh, Battletoads Double Dragon manual there. Well, technically, you found it. I found and it, and then but, I paid for it. Right, <laughs> but that was able to complete your your Double yeah. Dragon. Yeah, which is yeah. Uh, that's going for a couple of bucks now. Is it? Yeah, it's going for like 60, 70 bucks oh. on eBay complete. I think I got it maybe for like 30 without the manual. Yeah, and then you paid 10 bucks for the manual. Yeah. I had to Can't I, had, complain. I had to work them down. He wanted he wanted 15. But, you know, got to drive a hard bargain. Yeah. You know, use the puppy dog eyes. <laughs> no one else would have bought it. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Well, do I do I lose the sale at 15 potentially?" Or or do I sell it for ten and at least make make a few bucks, right? Yeah. So uh, he chose wisely. Chose wisely. Yes, he did. Um. So that that was a lot of fun. Um. And then so we were there today, and he had a bunch of these ma- you know new to the store manuals, and so we were looking through, and there was a lot of good stuff in there. There was. There, there was, was a, a there was a Batman lot of, Return, Return a lot of, of the Joker. A lot of name brand manuals in there. A lot of really high quality stuff and some stuff that was in pristine condition. Like not even opened condition. So um I want to talk about some of the, the manuals that I was able to pick up, which you know, l- like we talked about, guys, you have to be resourceful. Don't always jump at the first thing and be patient. You know, let let a game sit on the shelf and just explore your local environment, your local stores. Make connections with people, develop relationships, because you just never know what's going to come. And uh, so I was able to get, I think, four or five different manuals today to complete sets for myself, which is remarkable. I mean, it's I'm so it, happy. Well, I mean, it's just it's just so infrequent that you actually do find a manual that today was was a really, really cool day in terms of that. So thank you, Ryan, again for that. So uh, there's a couple of games here. That I, I don't have many Nintendo games, you know, like in the box, but there's two games that I have in the box Batman and Journey to Silius. Are those the only two you have? I have Tetris 2, too, but nobody's talking about Tetris yeah. 2. That's surprising. You yeah. Only get, you only have those three games in, in box? Only those three games in box. That's why when I see Nintendo manuals, even if they're really good ones, I, I tend to pass because what am I going to do? Have a manual? And I mean, I could have it just in the regular black sleeve, but then it's just. It just yeah. feels lonely. I don't know. It just feels like it's not, you know, like there's a there's an organ that's been chopped off or something or an, an appendage, you know? Yeah. Surprise. I'm just surprised you don't really have any. Just never worked out. That I was so focused, I think, you know, in over the years on some of the Sega stuff that I just never... Oh, some of the Sega stuff? Yeah, some, of, <laughs> some of the Sega stuff. So uh, I was able to get manuals for uh, for Journey to Silius and for for Batman. You know, so now that now these are go complete. figure, right? That they're both Sunsoft games. They're both Sunsoft games. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of weird. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that that was actually really nice because you know everybody likes a complete game, so especially on Nintendo. And then there were two other manuals. Uh, the first one was for was for, and I can open this one easily. It's for Mickey Mania. So I had Mickey oh. Mania. And oh. I, I had it in the box, but I didn't have it in the manual. So now it we, looks so good with the manual. You got, you got the manual in there, so you can peruse that at your leisure. And then I can't believe I'm saying this, but oh. I didn't even realize that this was a big deal. Um, I've owned Garfield Caught in the Act for a little while, and I had it with the with the game, and it's supposed to be a decent action platform or nothing, nothing great. Mid. 
Yeah, you know, play more sevens. <laughs> but um, they had the manual there, and they also had. So they they had the manual. But, but then, but then they also had the Garfield caught in the act, uh, comic book. Now it's worth three hundred dollars. Which, <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, they had two of these there because I guess the person who traded it in had one with they had a, the Game Gear version and they had the Genesis version. I've just never heard somebody either so dedicated to <laughs> to Garfield to Garfield or you know Garfield video games. Um, <laughs> But it, it was just, well, it was debut on the Sega Genesis, so they had to have it. Yeah, and I don't even think that this was opened. I don't think that this was op- opened at all. And I think the person just kept it in the case for for all of time, and then traded it in. So I wonder if uh, uh what's the um, what's his name, Jim? Uh, Jim Davis. <coughs> there we go. <coughs> Bless you. I, I wonder if he uh. Made that comic like specifically for the game, like if oh, it's unless possible. unless they just like reused like a pictures comic? and stuff. And that, that's kind of cool though. If he did, if they just like made a comic strip specifically for the game, yeah, we'll uh, we'll update you guys in episode thirty-two. Yeah, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's dying to know. <laughs> um, and then here's a here's an interesting case. So I had uh, Sonic the Hedgehog three for the longest time. Just the just the cart, Whoa, and then just recently, the just recently, I picked up the cover art on eBay from a, Sonic Three from a seller called Shiggity, which we love. <laughs> and um, and then today I was there, and of course, what do they have? It was a blessing. The Sonic Three manual. So oh, you know, really? now I just need a box. <laughs> well, that's the easiest part. No, I know. Um, but yeah, so so we got so we, we we checked off a lot of boxes today, you know, in terms of literally in terms of manuals. It um, is a, it is a sweet uh, Sonic Three sweet cover art though. It is really good. I remember the poster that came in a lot of games that had that picture on it with the three. Yeah, I don't know if was that the Batman Returns poster. That wasn't. Do like you remember? Every, that was like every yeah, like every or game. maybe that was a different one. That might have been a different one. Um, and then the other, so the other thing too was uh, I was perusing on the marketplaces, mm. and I came across a listing for a lot that was much more valuable than what the person wanted it for. Um, we're talking, you know, ten, twelve, fourteen, eighteen Genesis games. Oh, is that many? Um, most of them complete in box, and um, so the person wanted about four hundred dollars for it. It was that much? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Um, so, you know, some of these games I have, most of them I didn't. And so I figured I could, you know, maybe make a couple of bucks back on some of the smaller value games. But, you know, by and large, I was going to keep most of them. And uh, there were two specific games in there that I really wanted that I've been looking for a long time for. You were clamoring for. One in one in specific. Um you know, just just some of the games that were in there. I just think this game is just cool for its historic value and nostalgia. Uh, Pit Fighter. It's not one of the two that I was talking about, but this is complete in box. But the uh, the two games that um, were really kind of special. Uh, the first one is a uh, to- Toa Plan Shark. game, and that's Fire Shark, a game that I've owned loose for a very very long time. You know, really hard to find, really hard to come by. You know, a, a top-down vertical spaceship shooting game. You're in a biplane, and it's just about destroying all the all the enemies. 
um, re- plays really, really well. You know, a lot of fun. And then the other one, the Pisse de Resistance, mm. is a complete inbox copy of the one and only legendary Midnight oh, Resistance. Yes. Do, 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 do. And uh, that track is what is that track called? Uh, Something of power. Oh. Yeah, but it's uh, that if if you guys get a chance to listen to the stage one music of Midnight Resistance, take a listen. It will thump. Listen to it in stereo. Listen to it on a large stereo. In the car. Uh, you in your will, headphones. You will not be upset that you went through the effort to check it out. It is a pumping soundtrack. And the gameplay... It's only one I, player? It's a one-player game. It's like oh. Mercs. But this was designed to be a one-player game. This wasn't really designed to be more than one player. It's really like a one-man gang type of a, you know type of an adventure. Oh, one-man gang. So think think Contra, but a lot more kind of zoomed in yeah. with larger character sprites and, um, and a funky control scheme, but it works. Is that one... It's like you lock on, right? Or is it like... No, were, there's a bunch of control... One of the control schemes is you just keep... You, your, your character's constantly shooting... And it's almost got like a Forgotten Worlds thing where one button shoots That's what one I was way, yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah, b- button yeah, yeah. shoots the other way. Um, but it's just one of these early Genesis games. It's got that early Genesis feel, you know, uh, in terms of graphics, in terms of sound. You know, this is before the age of, uh, you know, the, the Sega sound that sounded like, you know, boops and farts and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so this is, a, this is, I believe this is a Data East game. Um, it is a Data East game, and uh, it's it's one of the best Data East games I think you know personally for me. So it's it's uh, another harder to find game, but buying it in a lot, I was able to actually track it down. So that you know sometimes that's the way to get games that you're really looking for, or you know trying to get and trying to get for maybe a decent price when you can buy it in a larger lot. You know sometimes that that helps. Um, you know the person who sold it to me too, they. Um, they they weren't sure if the games worked. They were selling it as is, so I was taking a little bit of a chance on the games. But generally, cartridge games are pretty reliable. Yeah. Um. So you know, I took a chance. I I got I would say a pretty decent savings by taking that chance, and you know, I was rewarded by it. So um, look out for lots, guys, because sometimes that's a way to get um, never pay full price. That sometimes that's the way to do it. You know. Um. I'm gonna stop there because I actually did quite a bit of work over the last week, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna cool my jets, Trent. Hercules. Oh well, yeah, that was one game that that uh, Ryan was talking about, and I actually was able to find it at the Congo, which is uh, Hercules, the action game. So, it actually looks really cool. Yeah, when I was <laughs> when I was putting like the, I was looking at the footage of it. It does look pretty good. Yeah. So a lot of hype, a lot of hype around it. It's a Eurocom game. They they made the Duke Nukem '64. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're a good developer. So it's no wonder that uh, Ryan actually enjoys this game. So. You know, you never know where you're going to hear about games, and uh, maybe you're hearing it here, guys. So you know, check it out if uh, if hear you're into first. if you're into more simple character action games with uh, you know with nice painterly Disney style graphics. Um, check out Hercules the action game. Trenton, what do you got? Oh, just a few little things. We want to know. I popped in uh, to Game Exchange earlier today hmm. on, on a on a whim, not looking for anything in particular. Just hoping maybe it seems like every once in a every other time I go in there, someone's brought some new stuff in, and they usually have a good selection. Mm-hmm. So uh, it just happened to be, and it actually the price sticker 
had uh, yesterday's date on it, so they must have just got it in yesterday. Um, so the first one I got was... You got to be quick with the grip. I know. It was uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, I, Hell yeah. I was never a real big fan of this when it came out. I remember playing it, and I was just kind of like nope, disappointed. Well, you know why? Because we were not, all playing Mario Kart 64. Yeah, but like, you know, this was... Oh, this is, you know, basically like... It's supposed to be like the sequel mm-hmm. to Mario Kart. It's just, it's nope. just more. Nope. But... Uh yeah, I remember just it felt like it was like slow and like the whole flying the thing, thing was I, I wasn't a big fan th- of. When it, so I tried this game out. I remember I was in a Blockbuster video in Willimantic, Connecticut. Well, and obviously, they, and they had it on a kiosk, and I was like, oh great, you know, a game I get to play because it's here, right? That was that was the you know that, that was all they had to do was just have a game on a screen for yeah. me to go up and want to play it. And it was Diddy Kong Racing, and it just looked so colorful, and it was, like, friendly, and it was, like... Yeah, it's it just, like, Mario Kart and then right. some. And then the hovering thing started, and I, I just... we I don't think we were ready for hovering kart racing games. Like until, <laughs> We weren't ready. Until, like, um, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. That was, <laughs> like, 15 years later. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like... You know, it's good. I mean, I love that game. I know you love it, you know, <laughs> and then they kind of put that into the Mario Kart games with uh, Mario Kart 7, but... I just wasn't ready for it, so I was just like, eh, this is all right, but yeah. I'm going to go back to Mario Kart 64. Yeah, I mean, I'm pro- I'll probably give it another try, but I mean, it, w- it was only $20, so it's like, it's Diddy Kong, it's like an iconic kind of game, and mm. it's like, you know, it's for the 64, Diddy Kong Racing, I was like, ah, I just, I kind of want to have it, even if I don't really enjoy it. The one cool thing about this game, I think it's the debut of Conquer. Oh, it's... Oh, no, I was going to say, I thought that was him on the cart. I think you it's, might the, be right. it's the debut of Conquer, and the interesting thing about that for this game is that I think Conquer is a cutesy character in this. As in, like, yeah, 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 he's yeah. not Conquer's bad fur day, Conquer. Yeah. I you mean, know, so there Diddy was... Kong Racing, you know. So there's a whole shift in this character, you know, and he started mm-hmm. he started right here in Diddy Kong Racing, which I think is pretty neat. Uh, and then I picked up another game there as well. I was actually just looking through some of the PS1 games, just, I don't know. Why just, not? You're in a game just, exchange. Just, just literally, like, randomly you're, poking you're through You're scanning over. I think I was trying to find, just looking to see if they had a Die Hard... Um, you were in the M's, right? Die Hard Trilogy or whatever. No, 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 no. Because, you know, all the when, you, when you're looking at, if they're all, you know, just sitting on the shelf, all the PS1 games are all black. You know, the spine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the Dreamcast is white. So it just oh, you like, just saw a white game? Yeah, so it just like stuck out, and I, I knew it was a Dreamcast because it was white, and I saw MDK too, and I was like, I know MDK, and I was like, I wasn't even didn't realize there was. That's a, when like, I that's when I'd actually like to try there was it a down part for two P, oh, yeah. for PS one. So, so it's MDK two for the uh, Dreamcast, a game I didn't even know existed or knew about, or I knew MDK, I didn't know there was a part two. I've had that in my collection for like two. Decades. Oh, MDK two. Yeah, yeah, but how many times have you brought it up? Never. <laughs> Whoa, sir, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to choke you up there. <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> I've had that in my collection for decades. <laughs> yeah, so I So I, I like I don't even I had to look it up to like I, I was hoping it was a it was a, it was a good game. This is an awesome game. This is an awesome game. I remember when we were kids in high school and the first time I saw this game was of course I'm, you know, I'm gonna say it again at Pat Musen's house. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I saw this game at Pat's, and I was I was blown away by the graphics. Well, that's the lighting, the lighting effects, and the, the shooting action. So you're, <coughs> this game has a lot of that early sort of strafe and shoot gameplay, where you're, you know, the circle strafing, where you're kind of circle strafing around yeah. a character and shooting them while you're doing that. 
MDK2 did that, but the environments, it was it was almost like a um like a neo like steampunk sort of vibe to it. It was uh it was kind of dark like MDK. Um a little bit more playful, you know, with the dog and with the old man and all that stuff, but just a great sort of forgotten action game. Um, you know, MDK and MDK2, but uh, this is a special game. And, um, you know, for you to get that for 20 bucks, I think, complete inbox, in good shape. How's the disc? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's that's a no-doubter, Bob. Yeah, because it's always, it's always kind of suspect when you have the games and, like, a lot of the games back then, like the ones that weren't really good, they always had a quote that said, like, graph, like this right. one has a quote that says, graphics are absolutely stunning, Right. which... It's like a misleading quote. Criticom. Graphics are stunning. Yeah. Which, you know, technically they are, but the game's terrible. So, you know, it's like a misleading quote in a way. Right. But a lot of the games had that. And then um, I also grabbed some manuals at uh, Retro Games Plus. Well, the big one, the heavy hitter. Yeah, the one I really wanted I saw there uh, when we were at the, the Congo was uh Rocket Knight Adventures. I have the I have the case in the in the game but no no manual and that's a that's that's a hard that's a hard one to find complete. It's a really good feeling when you put it in the first time. Mm. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh someone wrote a a quote on the back. It says a a season of purgatory. Dominic. Done. Is that a band name from <laughs> the late 90s? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's all right. That's um. And then I uh, yeah, I don't really care about whatever. any Konami game that's complete in box is is a value. And this, in Rocket Knight, I had when I had my Sega. Yeah. Back in the day. And when I say a value, I mean of personal value, just in yeah. the in the quality of the game, and to have that complete is a special thing. And then I just you know, what happens when you're looking through manuals? You find a few other Uh-oh, ones you didn't know you needed. We got a situation. So I picked up Crash Bandicoot oh, Two for the PS One, which I have the case and the disc. Just didn't have the... You got the cabbage version? Yeah, I think so. I, I couldn't remember. There was two of them there. I didn't know which one. I was like, I just... There was a black one and a green one? Yeah, the other one, it was more, but the other one had one of those, like, Oh, the holographic. hologram? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think mine is the greatest. I don't know. Whatever. It didn't... It didn't I'm, it's... If you if you bring that home and you see that you got the black version, let Ryan know, and then he'll, he'll uh, switch it out. Yeah, I, I wasn't really sure, so mm-hmm. I was just like, grab one of them. Uh, I don't have the game or the case yet, but Toji Aminuro. This is a game that is right up your alley. Just this weird sort of like, I don't even know what you call that game. Uh, yeah. Just a, a, a search game for, you know, objects and stuff. It's just kind of one search of those the map. Like, iconic Sega games it is, like Toji Aminuro. I know? never, I don't understand why this game is, is so well remembered because I don't ever remember it being that special. I think it's just the... It's the, the attitude. presentation. It's just the attitude. Yeah. The character. Like, what are these things? One looks yeah, like a hamburger. Yeah, they're like aliens. One looks like a hamburger. The other one looks like a hot dog. Well, yeah. Oh. One's eating a hot dog. <laughs> he is. He's eating a hot dog. <laughs> you know. And, and and the best part is it has a decap attack on the back of the manual. The advertisement oh, nice. for decap attack. Yeah. Use your head. Both of them. Mm. Pause. Mm. And then the other one is a forgotten game. Cabal, I have the manual for, which I believe I have the... I know I have the box 
and and the game I was pretty sure I didn't have the manual. That's a, that's a pretty sweet. And pickup. it's actually a pretty good, a pretty decent game. I mean, usually you see the that Milton Bradley logo on the in the game. Mar- Marble Madness, right? Isn't yeah, that one of the ones you're they just published? expecting it to be some kind of garbage game, but this one's actually like supposed the, to be pretty decent. Like I haven't played it yet. Summon? No, that so that's in the vein of that alligator game, right? That's one of the ones where you're at the bottom of the screen and you're shooting. Yeah, yeah, toward, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was an arcade. Like it was a, like, an arcade a, like, game. A, like a Nom nineteen seventy. Whatever the, the the Neo Geo game, Nom nineteen seventy two or I think yeah, well no it's nineteen seventy something I don't know which one it is. <coughs> um, what was that? Man, I can't think of that arcade game. Well, Cabal was an arcade game. It's like a first person perspective kind of thing, isn't it? Where you're just like it's like taking the cursor and shooting, which all over the screen. Cabal. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it, it's in the vein of uh, of like the nom the nom game, nom who yeah nom who. What else? What else you got? Well, that's all I got. That's it. Okay, yeah. so pretty solid uh, pretty solid day of pickups for you there, Trent. Hey, not too bad. Yeah, this was all today too. It's crazy. <laughs> Show that uh, that poster that you got. Oh yeah, I got the baby baby baseball stars poster. Nice. Which I believe is the uh, the NES, yeah, because it's got the Nintendo logo. Mm. Baseball, Baseball Stars Two, fold out poster. I really like the uh, the Neo Geo game. Oh yeah, the Baseball Stars Two. Yeah, I, solid. That's the one. Always, that's on the Wii collection. Isn't yeah, it? that's that's where I would. That's where I played it. Mm-hmm. All right. We are good. Trent, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> okay. Baby. Like if you if you if you could just have like you know if you could just have like anything damn anything I'm not saying that I I got you anything I'm just saying like, <laughs> is there anything like in your wildest dreams that you would want to get I know Resident Evil Two is one of them right Oh game related Oh okay. Yo, what are we talking about I'm not talking about you getting a bra in your car oh, There you go Watch watch out spilling oh. all over yourself. Um, Atari Jaguar CD. Atari Jaguar CD. Wow. I, I knew it was gonna be in. Atari. Yeah. <laughs> something. You're into the Atari stuff, huh? I heard you mentioning something about the portable or something like that once. We were at the game show and you're like, oh, he had the he had the links. Oh, he had it in the box. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I passed up. That was. A, What's up with uh-huh. you and Atari? What can I not like Atari? No, I just it's. It, well, it's ever since I got the to Jaguar. The, to the average I gamer. I got the fever. To the average gamer, Well, Atari look, hey, we were, how many times did we talk about Atari before I got the Jaguar? Not many. <laughs> when you say not many, <laughs> zero. <laughs> the only time we mentioned it was to tell you it's garbage. The Atari what, Jaguar? Jaguar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when we were doing our little, uh, our little bracket, we were talking about how garbage it was. Yeah. And then we played it and we <laughs> found out there are some experiences on that, on that little... On that little uh, kitty that could purr. Yeah, I mean, in retrospective, you know. Right, you can find you can find the the uh, you know the glint in uh, in some of the the poop sandwich that is the Atari Jaguar. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what happens. You're not a fa- you're not a fan until you are one. Right. You know. <laughs> it isn't until it is. Yeah, Fifty it. no's and a yes means yes. <laughs> I had you know a year and a half ago I had no Jaguar games. Now I have forty eight. <laughs> Yeah, you're only you're only a few games away, right? Yeah, about five. I need. That's for the for the cons like the uh, cartridge console. Yeah, the yeah, Jaguar. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Atari carts, which I have the box and the manual. Uh, and a broken cart. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Mm. So I guess I own it. <laughs> it's you do. not playable. So, uh, I wonder how much you could get for that if you sold it. Well, since I got it with five other games, it didn't really work either. What you need is somebody who's selling a bare PCB of Atari cards. <laughs> yeah, that way right. you can take yours. Do you have to? Do you have to go underneath the um yep. the label? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So when you sent it away, did he have to do that, or was he able to peel the label back? No, no. I, I mean, maybe if I would have heated it up and like intricately peeled it, mm. but. What it whatever. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, throw some putty on there and yeah. paint it. Yeah, there's like four or five games I need. Supercross three D, which is terrible the dirt bike game. Oh, I thought you had that. No, no, no. Um Fight for Life. Oh, Fight Ooh. for Life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember looking at pictures of that back in the day being like, That looks pretty good. Because I, I had a Jaguar back then. I was yeah. like, I mean, if I could see if I could find it, I'd like to check it out. It looks like Virtua mm. Fighter. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know how it plays. Do you, oh, no, no, it's supposed it, to be terrible. Criticom, like, Criticom, there's, 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 there's Criticom, and then well, there's Virtua Fighter. I haven't played Fight for Life, so I don't have a first hand. <laughs> Where account. do we go on the Criticom to Virtua Fighter scale? You yeah. know, uh, uh, what did I say? I said, yeah, that. Fight for Life, Syndicate. Oh, Syndicate, they they made that for, yeah, I thought that was a 3D game only. Yeah, Supercross hmm. 3D. Uh, it's when you get down to the last five, I can't yeah. remember what, what the other... Do you have Trevor McFur complete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so there's only... The, only share, uh, the shareware game, Trevor McFur in the Crescent Galaxy. Yeah, so there's only a few more I need. Mm. Wow. The Atari carts is probably going to be a while. So, a ta- so a, an Atari Christmas is what you're hoping for. All right. We shall see, Trent. We shall see, see, see. What about you, see, Sal? See, see. What? What would you like for Christmas? Um, I want. You got it all. Uh, no, I <laughs> for want... vi- for video games. Yeah, I want more. More Spider-Man games. Yes, more 3DS <laughs> and DS Spider-Man games. I don't even know what they are, but I want more of them. <laughs> no, 3DS and DS. Well, Spider-Man I know you said games. you said you wanted uh, Shattered Dimensions. Yes. For PlayStation Three. Yes. And you said you wanted Ultimate Spider-Man, right? Yeah, and for and, Xbox. Yeah, and I want. Medieval for the PS3. Uh, Medieval came out for the PS4. No, it came out for the PS3. PS1. No, it it did come out for the PS3. Don't argue with me. I'm I'm I I know about Medieval. But it did. Okay. Okay. You tell me when you find a copy of of Medieval on PS3, and I'll pay you a thousand dollars. Okay. All right. Shake shake his hand. Good deal. uh, Shake my hand. (laughs) <laughs> All right, it's official. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can find the <laughs> copy of Medieval on PS3. But so I think someone already bought it because I saw it at Retro Games Plus. <laughs> There's only one copy in the world, and somebody bought it. This is like stadium events. No, it was at, no, it was at Retro Games Plus. I saw it. It was just like sitting down. I, I couldn't. Okay. Even, I, I saw it, and there was like nothing All on right. the shelf. I believe you. We'll find out. Allegedly. All right. It's time for our modern retro moment, also known as our it's still real to me, damn it, moment. <laughs> so, if we're going to talk about anything modern retro related, you know, today is uh, December 16th, 17th. 17th. Uh, there's only one thing we can talk about, and you guys probably know about it. You've probably seen all the reviews already for them if you're looking at My Life in Gaming or Game Sack or Nintendo Life or any of these 
Um, and that's the analog pocket, which, you know, which, you know, pretty much the review copies have released and it's, uh, you know, you can pre-order them at analog. If anybody doesn't know who analog is, they, they create a lot of the FPGA based consoles like the analog NT, which is the Nintendo, uh, FPGA console, the mega SG, um, also the, um, the, uh, NT mini. And they're also working on a Turbo Graphics FPGA based console as well. Just what everybody needs, all the top right. tier. So not to go too deep into it, but the for anybody who doesn't know, these consoles use something called FPGA. It's full something gate array programmable programmable so gate array. The closest thing you can get without emulation. Correct. It, it they basically program the chips to essentially act as the original console. So the CPU, the GPU, the PPU, and all the other U's, um, the sound, hardware, all of that is sort of reprogrammed within these these special design chips so that you can get whatever console it is that you're trying to produce on there. It's almost like a... It's not emulation. It's the closest thing to real hardware as you could possibly get without getting to the real hardware is, is to put it in a, in a very simple way. And in basically this, the interaction between the cartridge and the, and the system is the same as if you plugged it into a, a old console, an original console. And this is the one great thing about FPGA is it's a way to preserve these games because as consoles age out and you know if they all start to fail, we all are going to have FPGA to lean back on to be able to play our old cartridges and our old discs. So this is a great advancement in retro video games. And now they're up to the point where they're actually able to create this, this portable console. And I haven't talked about which console it plays because it plays multiple consoles. And the most important one being the, the Atari, Atari Lynx. Lynx. Exactly, which is what everybody <laughs> wants. And so this console at its heart was designed around the original green pea soup green Game Boy. It has a 1600 by 1440 uh, pixel display. The most high res. Which is to basically emulate that look of the original Game Boy. And if you've seen these videos and you've seen this gameplay, this is the way to play old Game Boy games. It plays... Let's list, list them off. It plays Game Boy. Code. Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance. Ooh. Game Gear. Ooh. Atari Lynx. Turbo Graphics 16. And Ugh. Atari Lynx. All with special adapters. And the most important one. Game Con. The most unaccessible is the Neo Geo Pocket Color. That's it. And. And the. The GameCom? The N-Gage. It, it really plays the N-Gage? It doesn't play the N-Gage. Five people bought the N-Gage, and you were one of them. Yes, yes. I actually watched a guy in a GameStop once go from playing Pandemonium on his N-Gage to taking a phone call. Were you blown away? Yes, I was at the time. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it, it was even crazier to see that that thing that looked like a Game Boy Advance up to his ear. Is it, would he have the the model one the the taco the sideways the ta- one the taco yeah so he was holding it sideways and he had all these buttons in the screen yeah. and, and it just looked like 
he he might have been talking on a football. Like it was like he might as <laughs> yeah, well have that's been. What it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the analog. But the the you know it doesn't play it all out of the. I mean, you got to buy all the separate um, right adapters. So the so the the console itself is two hundred and twenty bucks, which I think is reasonable considering what you're getting out of this console. There's a it's, dock, which it's still it's still I mean it's still it's still, still an hefty amount. It's yeah. still an investment, but. There's a dock for $100 that allows you to connect it to a TV, and then you can connect any Bluetooth controller. Uh, right now, it looks like the PlayStation 4 controller is the best in terms of you know, connection. Overall, yeah. Overall, and, and it has all the buttons that you would want. So that that's, you know, then who doesn't have access to a PlayStation 4 controller? I mean, it's pretty ubiquitous at this point. So Honestly, if I'm playing Game Boy, like original Game Boy games, I'd probably want to use like a... An NES controller. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well, yeah, you, two you, buttons. You know. Yeah. It just makes me. It it feel more like I'm playing like a Game Boy mm-hmm. if I'm using like a a, a Bluetooth NES. So controller. you probably could use like a RetroBit controller or an 8-bit Doe controller, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, to 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 play on them. Um. You know, the the dock is a hundred dollars. Each adapter for the other consoles is thirty bucks, which is not bad. You know, you can pick and choose which ones you want. I love the idea of playing original Game Boy games. With that palette, yeah, you really on, gotta look. On, you gotta find the video because when you see like how crisp and clear the screen it's is, incredible. Especially because it has that that color that that, that green pea soup green yeah, color, yeah, yeah. but it's, it looks so good. And in some way, it's, it looks awesome. Like I don't know, I don't know how to describe w- or why it yeah. looks great. I and you yeah, obviously you can change the colors, but they have one of the options is the. Uh, I think it looks great because it's how those games were originally designed to be played. Yeah, and then see, did you see one? And of nothing them? is emulated that since. Yeah, did you see one of them was the, uh, the Indiglo blue, like the. Oh no, I didn't see that. The Game Boy Pocket, you know, maybe the the Game Boy Pocket Light or whatever the one that came oh, out. Oh, the in Japan. Game Boy, the Game Boy Light. Yeah, it only came out in Japan. That's like one of the filters you can use. It's like the that blue Indiglo, that Indi Indiglo. Is that what it's Indiglo? called? Indiglo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's almost like a teal light. Yeah. Yeah, like a neon teal. So, for all of you who, who, who liked a portable game, or if you like to console game, and maybe you have some old Game Boy games or Game Gear games, or you want to get into that, here is a great way for you to to either have it port- portably, or to consoleize that, that system and play it on your TV with a modern <clears throat> controller. But that experience is going to be... A lot. It's going to be so nostalgic for you, especially if you grew up with the original Game Boy and Game Gear. You know, I watched yeah, I, mean, I watched uh, Joe from from GameSack playing Shinobi, and it looks fantastic. I mean, it yeah, just I didn't looks, see I didn't see the any Game Gear the footage of the Game Gear playing. It's it's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you have a Game Gear, it's it's almost like impossible to play with the screen. It's like the screen's like basically like whitewashed. Right. You know, it's the original unless screen. you get your screen modded. <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's, yeah. A, and that's another investment. So. To be able to get this console and have access to all these different systems in one place, play it on your play it on a, on a TV with the with the dock. There's just so many options on what to do, and it's it makes it so accessible to play all these old games. It makes it so that you don't need a Neo Geo Pocket. Like there was a guy at the Congo the other day that wanted I don't know 100 and something bucks just for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Oh, he had one. Yeah, it was I think Dennis's friend. Who was there? He I had, mean, it's just kind of cool to, to own, it's I cool. guess, you know. There's a lot of cool things to own, but in terms of functionality to be able yeah, to yeah, play yeah. a lot of these old games, it's difficult. Yeah. And and so Cuz it didn't it didn't have a backlit screen either, right? The pocket color? No, it didn't. I don't know. I don't know if no, it does or it not. Yeah. 
So again, then you got to get into modding if you want to do that. It's just like, it just seems like a, a really great solution for this where you don't have to disrupt your other portable consoles. And honestly, you don't really don't ever have to use those again if you don't want to, because this is an all-in-one solution. And it just, it, it functions so well because of the high resolution screen. You can save it, you can put it to sleep so you can actually like let it, you know, almost like a, a modern portable. Yeah. So, you know, there's just, you know, there's resizing options if you really want to go crazy with the screen. But, you know, I just think this is such a cool idea. And it sounds like they've gotten to the point where now they can program a bunch of different consoles through this FPGA core. There is a SD card slot. So now, you know, there's talk about, you know, breaking it so that you can actually add games via the SD card slot at some point. Not really my bag. I don't really like to get into that kind of stuff. But yeah, but you can use like the EverDrive carts on it too. You could. I, I personally, I think that goes back to the ret- like the uh, the Raspberry Pi that we were talking about, where you've got all these options. No, I'm not. And, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. That's but but if that's your bag, that's um you know that's an option that you have. So I, I don't care who you are. If you're into gaming, this is going to appeal. I think to most most retro gamers. It's something that I want, but I don't know when I'll ever get it. It's like I I do want it. It looks it looks awesome. I just don't know yeah. when <laughs> when I would drop two hundred over two hundred dollars on it. You know, I wouldn't sweat it, but I would <clears throat> I would lean more into the Evercade right now. Like that's that's where I would lean into a little bit more because it's not that you don't have access to play these games. You have access if you want to play them on your Game Boy or or something else. But the Evercade has experiences that you might have never seen before. So personally, for me. I like the idea of the Evercade because it's just new experience of, of of old arcade games and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's me, but I want everything. So yeah, you know. So check that out, um, Analog. We appreciate you guys and everything that you're doing because you're keeping retro gaming alive, and um, and so we really appreciate that. So uh, give them a look, guys. And um, with that, we will stop here for a quick break, and then we'll be, we'll be back with our discussion of Die Hard Arcade. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Thanks for uh, listening to that commercial break. And now it's time to focus on, you know, what what do we love here on this show, Trent? We like we like mm-hmm. hardcore beat 'em ups, right? Girls, good food. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure where you were going there. I just heard girls. It's like yes, that's one. <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> so, the game in question. In question. The game of focus is Die Hard Arcade, and it's a, it's aptly named because it was an arcade game. That it was. And it was an arcade game that had a conversion to a home console. Correct. So it's aptly named Die Hard Arcade, especially when it came home. You'd think that in the arcade it would have just been called Die Hard. 
No, it was still Die Hard Arcade. But it was still Die Hard Arcade, <laughs> which, you know, I guess it makes sense in, in some respect. Um, where do we start with Die Hard? I think the, f- the first place you have to start is by talking about the lineage of, of uh, beat-em-up games in general. You know, going back to Double Dragon, Final Fight, Streets of Rage. We think about the time that this game released, right? Die Hard Arcade is a is a beat-em-up. More specifically, it's a 3D beat-em-up, which is a rare occurrence in the world of video games. There are not many... A few tried. There are not (laughs) many 3D beat-em-ups. And this game came out in 1996. If you remember back to our Final Fight episode, where we were talking about how um, the way Final Fight 3 was was reviewed versus Streets of Rage 3 and how there there was genre fatigue at that point with beat-em-ups... And this is 1994, just about, I would think. Mm-hmm. You know, was that, was that a 94 or 95 game, Final Fight 3? Oh, geez. Maybe. <laughs> this is a late 16-bit era that we're talking about, whether it's 94 or 95. So what does Sega do? They double down, and <laughs> they make another beat-em-up. This time, it's a 3D beat-em-up. So uh, they created a game called Dynamite Decca. And that essentially translates to Dynamite Detective in Japan. And they had drawn so much inspiration from the Die Hard games. It is in a multi-storied building in a downtown area. And it sports a A-shirt cladded white man who looks like a police officer. Get out of here. They basically were going for Die Hard. And I don't know if it's... If they got the license after or before, but it was a perfect match for the movie Die Hard and, and the setting of the movie Die Hard. Just a few years too late. And they actually got the license for Die Hard. So when it came over to the United States in the arcades, they had the full license for the Die Hard movies, which I think is perfect. I don't know how else you can say it, but to, to get that license and put it in the game made so much sense. You know, we probably would still be calling this a diehard game today, although I don't know if it would have gotten as much recognition. I mean, that's yeah, that's what drew me to it, you know, right. when you saw it at the arcade. Exactly. You saw that, huge, that big old diehard logo on it. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this is going to be some sort of action game. I got yeah. to kind of try this out, right? So uh, the game was created for an arcade system called the STV, which was basically an arcade version of the Sega Saturn. Did you know this? No, I did not. And so there were there were a lot of different STV games that ended up coming home, and Die Hard Arcade was one of them. Another one was um, uh, uh, Steep Slope Sliders. Oh, yep. For yep. The, it came on the Dreamcast, right? Or was that the Saturn? That was Rippin' Riders. Oh, Rippin' Riders. Yeah. Oh, so Steep Slope Sliders. Was Saturn. Saturn, right? yeah. exactly. So... Because the the arcade was so close to the Saturn console, we got a lot of nearly perfect or perfect ports from the arcade to the Saturn console. And Die Hard Arcade was one of them. And so the Saturn release came out in 1997, shortly thereafter. It does have a sequel called Dynamite Cop, which came out on the Dreamcast. Hmm. Have we played that? We've played Di- Di- uh. Di- uh, Dynamite Cop. Yeah. So it's basically Dynamite Decca 2, but <clears> at this time they had dropped the Die Hard, Hard Arcade license and they just brought it out in the States as Dynamite Cop. 
don't want to pay for that that license. At that point, they probably yeah, were like, you know, might as, <laughs> might as well. It, it it stars the same characters, so I think the character from Dynamite Deck, his name is Bruno, the main guy, and he's in Bruno, Bruno, and he's in he's in Di- Dynamite Cops. So they just basically took the Japanese storyline and translated that as you know the new storyline for Dynamite Dynamite Cop in in uh, the, the Dreamcast version. Um, there's um, so the game was created by uh, Sega AM1, which, if you don't know, Sega, Sega AM1 was a development studio that created Sega Bass Fishing, Alien Syndrome, House of the Dead. So that's their pedigree, and it was a collaboration between them and the Sega Technical Institute. Sega Technical Institute was responsible for Sonic 2, mm-hmm. Sonic 3, Comic Zone, The Ooze. Oh God! Yeah, I know it's really bad. <laughs> Um, the the main guy on the team that was in developing this game was Makoto Uchida, and he this is the guy responsible for it. So think about Die Hard Arcade. So Die Hard Arcade is a 3D beat 'em up game. He's responsible for two of my favorite games of all time, Altered Beast and Golden Axe. Oh, makes sense. He would uh, work on this one, right? You know, and you think about that. What kind of typified that early Genesis, and I would say the Genesis at large. Altered Beast and Golden Axe are a big part of of what the Genesis was. Mm-hmm. He also developed Manx TT Superbike, if you know that Saturn, one. Saturn, yeah. Yep, it's, it was an arcade and a Saturn game. And, of course, he did Dynamite Cop. So he doesn't have a, a, a long pedigree of releases, but the ones he did produce were pretty much bangers. You know, really, really, really good games. Quality. Quality. Over quantity. Over quantity. <laughs> so... In the Die Hard Arcade version, you have John McClane and Chris Thompson, who in Japan are Bruno Dellinger and Cindy Holiday. And so the whole storyline is about them saving the president's daughter. I have the president's right. daughter. There's a guy who looks like an elderly Hulk Hogan, who is a terrorist who's trying to kidnap the president's daughter for, girl. for ransom or he's going to blow up the building or something. So uh, there's a bunch of wacky characters that you have to battle, including uh, a guy named Hog, a Mexican wrestler named Jocko. Um, there's uh, twin sumo wrestlers that you have to play at, to have to have to fight. Uh, there's a guy who's an army general. His name's Mister Tubbs. Um, you know, there's there's a bunch of there's a, there's these spider enemies in the game. That spider you have robots. To, yeah, yeah, spider bots. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a bunch of wacky enemies. You know, the thing that sort of typifies this game is it was sort of the first of its kind to go 3D with the beat-em-up genre. I can't think of another game that came out before that that was a 3D beat-em-up game. Oh, okay. Can you? So, oh. There's only one game that you can compare it to, and that game that we were thinking about I don't believe came out before this, at least the arcade version. Oh, I was thinking Fighting Force. Yes, and the Fighting Force came out in, I believe, 1997 or 1998. So after this. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't think, you know, that's the thing is it was groundbreaking in that it was the really kind of the first of its kind to break the barrier and go from 2D to 3D because that was such a difficult proposition for them to do. Um, Fighting Force originally was brought to Sega 
by core design, if we remember our conversation about this and how they, they, they said they wanted to make it a Streets of Rage 4. Right. And Sega saw the engine and said, there's no way that this is coming out. It's, <laughs> it runs way too slow. It's clunky. We're not messing with it. You know what I mean? And so, who knows? This might have been kind of the catalyst to them kind of saying, you know what, we want to make our own. 3D beat em up. This is going to be like the test before we uh, kind of. Get to like, the like they, they saw what Core range. was working on, and <clears throat> who knows? Maybe that was them saying, well, listen, we kind of see what they're doing here. We're going to make it ourselves. And I think I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse here, but since we're talking about it, if we're going to compare Die Hard Arcade, you know, being a 3D beat em up versus Fighting Force, I think Die Hard Arcade's the better game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes to beat 'em up games, what's really, really important is control and contact. You know, and when I say contact, I mean the feeling of being able to press a button and have the action on screen happen and have it l- feel real and have it feel like effective. Yeah, that, that it's that on thud. That, 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 thud. that 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 it's it's the on point thwack. exactly. But that it's also the contact that's being made is happening as you're doing it, and and when the character's hand reaches the enemy that they're smacking them and that response is very tight the one thing i would say that Die Hard arcade has over a game like fighting force is it's just tight it's just everything about that just game tweet. everything about that game which works really 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 tightly and you know there's no special moves but the thing about Die Hard arcade Die Hard arcade is it basically you're in mini boxes there's no walking down the street that's the one yeah, thing about diehard arcade is you're basically you like clear an area and then it just you're clearing an area you. and then you have a a quick time event going from one area to the next where you're you're not really traveling through an area but there's a little quick time movie that's playing in between but you get that illusion that feeling that you're you're traveling through a world and going from this room to that room yeah because i mean it makes sense because you're you're like working your way up the up the building right so you know you wouldn't be like just going straight forward through room after room after room you know? right and it's it's very simple it follows that 2d beat up mechanic of there's a punch button and then there's a, a kick button <laughs> grab and a, and a jump button right and so the controls are very simple but they're snappy and they're tight and that's what makes this game work the other thing that we have to talk about when it comes to die hard arcade is destructible environments so even though there's no special moves there are so many things in the environment that can be used to you know there's guns there's uh pick up the barrels there's spray cans and you have to find a lighter so that you can actually burn enemies in the face um you can destroy enemies like the robots and then use their appendages to attack them you can destroy parts. You can destroy chairs or grandfather clocks, and then once the once the actual item falls, you can pick it up and use it as a weapon against the enemies. There's missile launchers that you can use. Yeah, those huge. There's big, rocket launchers the that you can use. Rocket launcher. And one of the thing that the over the top hilarity of it is you can shoot an enemy at point blank range, and you have no there's no impact on you. You don't get hurt at all. Yeah. But everybody else goes flying. So it's just it's just it's insane. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it, it does the action very well, no, very well. Yeah, it's like like they'll be like uh like when you're transitioning into like one level, there's like two of the enemies. They like right when you come out of the elevator, 
And one goes like, Ugh, and he like falls into the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> he gets like scared. <laughs> or you go into the bathroom and you're going to attack the guys and there's a guy literally shaking off his penis while he's like And there's know, another guy just in, just in his underwear. That's the only that's the only thing yeah. he has. On. <laughs> yeah. You can actually use like large tuna fish to attack people. Oh yeah, I forgot. When you're in, them when, with when the you're in the freezer and you can yeah. actually slap characters with with that. I mean, you name it in terms of an item to throw. There's like tomatoes, I think you might be even able to throw. You can smash the um, the, the, the vending machine and you get like, I don't know if it's bottles of, of, of like soda, soda or something like that that you can throw. So there's just... I feel like they did that in Fighting Force too. There's just an <laughs> over-the-top hilarity. Like, I think at this point, Sega was like, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously with this. We just want to create... The thing about it is they wanted to just create a fun game. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an arcade game. It was an easy romp. It was a quarter muncher. It's something that, you know, you could have a lot of fun with and put as many quarters as you wanted, and you can continue that progression. But, you know, it was just overall just a really fun... I don't know how else to describe it. It's really colorful. Um, The characters, too, when, when when they're getting damaged... You start to see part of it. It's like it's like strip poker, but you know, with damage. It's like the more damage they take, the more of their clothes come off. So you know, they might start with the jacket and jeans, and then by the end of it, they've got on an A shirt and underwear because they're down to their last life. So they see, you see this progression of them losing, you know, their clothes as they go through. Um, any other thoughts on? Uh, Do you think on- they used uh, maybe for? Like the development of the game, they may have used like the Virtua Fighter like engine for it. On, it almost like, some feels it almost feels like Virtua Fighter, yeah. especially like when you're when you're like punching a character three times, you see them go like duh, 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 duh. yeah, a almost lot of like the in, almost like in Virtua because like the wait, can you even? I'm trying to remember. You can arrest the people. Jump. You can arrest enemies in this when they're on the ground because it's kind of got that some some of the it's kind of got that like floaty like Virtua Fighter. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, li- it's it. a little bit more grounded. You feel a little bit yeah. more weight to your jump jumps, but it's not as it's definitely not as floaty as it is. But when you know, in terms of the move set, like all they would need is a block button, and it would be it would be yeah. Virtua Fighter. You know, it just feels just feels like that. So, yeah, I, I um, it's it's a good point. It's almost like a. It kind of reminds me of like the arcade version of like King of Monsters too, where it's like it's got a fighting game engine. But yet it works in a beat 'em up, mm. you know. Um, the quick time events are hilarious. Yeah, because where you either gotta like punch or kick. So you'll you'll be, you know, th- this music starts. Was it's got like a like a doot doot doot. It's almost like a what do you call it, like a cowbell. Yeah. You know, and there's like a there's a, a little um, sort of like a, like a hi hat, you know, kind of symbol playing, and um, and then th- there'll be an icon on the screen that says go right or punch or kick and you have a split second to be able to hit that button and when you connect with that enemy (laughs) there's a sound effect that is so satisfying especially the punch it's just like this running punch is like and and you can't help but laugh when you see like the character just get bamboo their neck goes straight back and it's (laughs) like do like a backflip it's it's almost in slow motion as as it happens yeah and maybe even more funny is when you miss where you're supposed to punch, but you kick and you kick right over him. You it's just, just like jump right over him. And and then you, and then what happens? The consequence to losing the quick time event is you have to go through another room and defeat yeah to defeat fight that the enemy. characters in that room before you move on to the next one. So if you miss, that causes you to potentially lose more life because now you have to focus on a new enemy instead of satisfying that you know that quick time event. So I mean for for like an arcade game, it's 
And it's got cutscenes. Yeah, no, I'm saying I was gonna say for like an arcade game, it's fairly long. Right. You know. Right. It's like an hour. Probably takes about an so. hour to get yeah. through. Which for an arcade game, it's it's pretty long. Yeah. Usually it was like a half hour, maybe twenty minutes. Maybe that's why they thought it would be good to bring home. Yeah. You know. So. I mean, it's you know, it's one of those. It's a solid playthrough where you you can play through it, and then like a couple of weeks later, you're like, yeah, let's play it again. You it's know? you know, if you like beat 'em ups. And you're looking for, you know, what's that, maybe that next level of beat-em-up that maybe you haven't seen yet. Because there's a ton of side-scrolling beat-em-ups. There are even fewer side-scrolling beat-em-ups that are, you know, really, really do it well. But this is something that wasn't really tried. You can really only think of two games, and that's Fighting Force. Which, don't get me wrong, I love Fighting Force. You know, I like that game. And that is more of a, you're traversing through a whole level, like a real, yeah, regular yeah, yeah. like a 3D world, yeah. Right. I like Fighting Force. You know, I played that game back in the day all the time. And, PS1 and I, and P- or 64? Uh, PS1. Yeah. I, I, I have it on the 64. I remember playing it back in the day. And it, it was yeah. definitely, I think it ran slower on the 64 than uh, it did on the Maybe PS1. a little bit. It was a little blurry. But I enjoyed it back then. Yeah. Um, a worse game is Fighting Force 2 on the Dreamcast. Yeah, they just made it like, like a one-player game, right? Yeah, it was more of like a... Like a Tomb Raider kind of thing, right? Yeah. You were like a spy, but you were like it was more action oriented. But yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a beat 'em up though. It was more of an action game like Headhunter or you know something like that. So um, yeah, they seem to never. I don't know what it. I mean, I haven't played every 3D beat 'em up, but it seemed like they just. There's no not one, that many of them. Though. No one could really figure it out. I guess. I think if there's any game that got close enough, it was Die Hard Arcade. I think that was that was the game where... Oh, no. I'm was, Well, I'm saying, like, after that, since then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then there were games like the Hunter games. Remember, like, the the, the Hunted or the Hunter... Hunter Reckoning? Hunter Reckoning. That's a beat-em-up style? Kind of, yeah. But it's it just doesn't... So much of what beat-em-ups are is that, is that tactile feel. And if you don't get that down... It's it's easy to lose interest in the game. Yeah, because I know they've, you know, a bunch of those, like, oh, turtles. Oh, Z- Zombies Revenge. On Dreamcast. Oh, on Dreamcast. Yeah, that's that. That would be sort of like a a mixture between Die Hard Arcade or Streets of Rage and House of the Dead, right. where you're actually it. It kind of has that Die Hard Arcade engine, to be quite honest with you. So I actually really I do enjoy Z- Zombies Revenge. That's another one, but there's very very few games, you know, even in that era that did it really really well. And um, I mean, there's a few games in general, but really even fewer games that did it well. So. You know, Die Hard Arcade is one of those that is a truly special game. If nothing for nothing else, that it was one you know, very few of its kind. You know, and it just it just did it really well. I I'd rather go back to Die Hard Arcade than necessarily Fighting Force. Although that is one game I'd like to get. Yeah. You know, but I think when you compare the two, Die Hard Arcade comes out fa- more favorably. The um, one last thing I wanted to mention is that the continue mechanic is actually pretty neat in this game because in order to be awarded more continues, you have to play a game called Deep Scan before you start the game, which is a 1980 Sega arcade game um, involving a um, battleship that has to drop bombs on submarines. And the more submarines that you destroy during your playthrough awards you more continues in the game because... Correct me if I'm wrong, Trenton, but there's no way to beat this game really if you're <laughs> yeah if you're if you're I, if you're just starting from I remember like from the opening we played it like a few months ago and you spent like 
10 minutes playing deep scan to, to get, get like, like tw- 50 <laughs> 20 you know it was, like, it was like 18 or 20 continues and we still didn't beat it we got, oh, yeah we, that's right we got like to the second to last level or the last level i was like do you, i was like do we really need this many and you're like and you're like you just kept going just kept playing and i'm playing. like yes we need this many you, you probably need honestly like 30 continues to be able to get yeah, because there's just there's just so much happening on the screen, and especially like the boss. It's the sometimes boss it's hard. It's, that's the one thing about this game is when you're, you know, even though it's a 3D game, when you're in these areas, the characters are so large that sometimes it's hard to get out of the way of things. Yeah, you know, and it's easy to kind of get in the way of because, like you said, you're you in take a, you're a in lot a, of damage too when you get yeah, because you're in a box. You can't. You're basically just kind of you're free basically in a box. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's it's a in mini the, arena almost the, in a way. The characters actually—that's if there's one sort of negative that I'd have to put on this—is that the characters move more slowly than characters in a two-dimensional beat-em-up game like Streets of Rage or Final Fight. Yeah. So because they move slower, it's kind of harder to you know move around that stage a little bit, and it's easy to get in the way of either gunfire or just to get hit in a. In an attacking chain where you're just getting beat up, and yeah. Especially when you got like you're throwing grenades or whatever, things right. are blowing up. And that's the other thing when you when you go to pick up an, like an item, it doesn't just pick it up and you got it. You actually like the character actually reaches down to grab it and it leaves them open to damage while they're in that animation. So you you kind of run the risk when you grab an item. Is this gonna you know, is it worth grabbing this item or am I gonna you know? get hit and then sometimes you get in trouble because you see like health items where you want to like get your health back yeah but by trying to go for those health items you might actually surrender damage because if you if you don't get the health items and the stage ends you can basically miss out on that so um but yeah i mean it's you know not all of our discussions on these games necessarily have to be too long i think dynamite cop is a pretty straightforward game but we really wanted to highlight on you know that for you guys you know it is it is sort of a christmas game so we wanted to highlight that for you you know maybe at some point we can talk about die hard trilogy which i consider sort of like a a sister game to this which came out around the same time did a whole different different style but um it's kind of weird right they just like die it was like random like cuz die hard hadn't been around for like a few years you know Six seven years at that point, <laughs> yeah. They just yeah. kind of like, all right, we're gonna do this and we're gonna throw that. They weren't game. ready to make the Die Hard games until the 3D <laughs> era started. I guess, yeah, so, I guess so. You know, and and in terms of you know how I originally played this game was was it the same as me? I don't know, maybe. All right, one, two, three, tons of fun. No, <laughs> it wasn't. Ton- it wasn't tons of fun. Um, so the way that I played this game was. Oh well, I I mean I'm talk. Well, I played the arcade version. Right, I never played the arcade version. Oh, okay. So, I would you know we we would we were big blockbuster. We were a big blockbuster family. So we would we would end up going to the Willimantic blockbuster. Everybody was. And you know that was it was a whole adventure going to blockbuster because there was you know what movie did you want to rent? Whether it was a new movie or a classic movie, there were so many options. Those aisles just had you know dreams and wonders and hopes just built all into them and. <laughs> You know, it was it was that Friday night sort nice. of. You know, it's like you know, you know, soda and pizza and popcorn and uh, you know, and a great movie. You know, and and so you'd go to Blockbuster and you'd pick out that. So I remember being in a Blockbuster one night, and this is the time when I had just started working for my father because 
you know, he had, he had, my father owns a business and I, you know, it's a, it's a food based business. And so I was able to start working for him, make a, make a few dollars. And this is probably in, uh, around beginning of 1998, probably January of 1998. And at this time, you know, Blockbuster, as they had games that they rented after, I would say, you know, probably six months when a game had sort of fallen out of popularity or just been it's gone through the over, cycles over yeah kind of overthrown by new releases some of the games that wouldn't rent as much they would put up for sale yeah and so that's the way i got like mario tennis right it's the way i got originally the 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 immortal world series baseball 98 that was the way i first played that game and 1998 was a big year for not sega so, because of that, <laughs> everything but Sega. Tons of their Sega Saturn games they put up just for sale. Oh, yeah, and they no would, one had one. No and one had a and Saturn. they would put them up for dirt cheap. So. That's where I. I mean, that's where I bought my Sega Saturn. Oh, really? From Blockbuster. I didn't even know you owned one. Yeah. Really? I had it. Man, I wish I would have had it though because it came with the, it came in the, it was the rental oh with the rental case yeah because that's how the rental they sold case it. alone probably sells for about 200 bucks now <laughs> yeah, that's how they sold it in the rental case yeah. yeah yeah so i go there this this one january day and of course 98 was the was the black hole of saturn gaming because <laughs> it was all downhill there were i think five releases that whole year <laughs> maybe four releases that whole year so damn really it was that bad huh yeah it was like house of the dead shining force three um Magic Knight Ray Earth, Panzer Dragoon Saga, and maybe House of the Dead. Wait, so you're saying the Saturn only had five games, or Sega made five games? Sat- well, I mean, that was the only console that they supported in 1998. I mean, the end of 1998, they had the Dreamcast in Japan. No, 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 I'm saying, but there, I'm saying, for so there was only five games that came out on the Saturn the whole year? I think so. Wow, that's rough. Maybe maybe NHL All Star Hockey '98, but I think even that might have. I, I I'd have to look back, but it was under ten. It was under ten games. That's so wild. that's wild. Well, Bernie Stolar comes out on on at, at you know uh, E three and says the Saturn's not our future. So everybody jumps ship. <laughs> Sega jumps ship because he's running the ship, right? He, he he basically closes everything now. So Sega essentially didn't have a console for. Yeah. Two years. Well, I guess I mean, and, and, and the then United they were States. already working on the Dreamcast because Dreamcast came right. out the next year, right? You know? And it, Sega screwed everything up because they came out with the Dreamcast early in Japan, where the Saturn was actually doing well, but yet they waited an extra year in the territory where Sega wasn't doing as well. Like if they were smart, they would have come out with the Dreamcast. They would have flipped it. They would have had Dreamcast come out here first in '98, and then come out in Japan in 1999 when you know Saturn still had a nice run over there. You know, so I I think I found Die Hard Arcade for something ridiculous like seventeen ninety nine or fifteen ninety nine. But did it even? I mean, if it was from Blockbuster, did it even come with like the actual case or was it just the disc? I believe that's my copy. I mean, I believe this is the copy that I got. Oh, from really? That. So they? Well, that's weird. Yeah. So, I mean, I might have switched the case out. The case might have been beat. Maybe they rented them in those. I, I don't know. Like it's funny because I have the World Series baseball that has the blockbuster sticker on it. Yeah. So I I have no idea. But um, yeah. And this is I, this isn't this is not the original foam. But yeah. I um, 
I got this game there, and it, it, like I said, it was probably fifteen or seventeen ninety nine. It was cheap, you know, and these were experiences that I I had kind of heard about but never seen. And I was like, wait a minute, this looks like a three D Streets of Rage. I want to play this, and for seventeen eighteen bucks, <laughs> yeah, when it's like, like five dollars to rent a game, yeah, anyway. like I'm like, like Mario Tennis, I got for like fifteen bucks. You know, I, I w- it was just basically like if I could I could rent this and spend money or I could just buy it for this much yeah. and have it forever. So yeah. Yippee so and then I think you so you played you played it at tons of fun. Yeah, at the at our local mall. They 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 had the Die Hard arcade. I remember going there multiple times to play that game. Man, we would always we would always play Die Hard it's arcade. It's just a romp, man. Yeah. Yippee Kaye, mother <laughs> And then you ended up playing it at my house. After that, right? Yeah, that was the only other. I mean, like, you're the only, like, like, like in high school or something. You're only, yeah, you're the only person I know that has it. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at the cover and you see this guy. Like, does it not just look like? It's, I mean, that's pretty much Bruce Willis. I mean, they just changed the yeah, face a little know, bit. Made him a little more. Yeah. More, more scruffy. Yep. So, but it's a special game. Even down to like the packaging and like the like, you, it almost has that Virtua Fighter sort of like. Oh yeah. Like look to the to the font and the to Sega the Saturn and to the coloring. Yeah. So if you guys get a chance to if you can fire this up on an emulator, I would I would encourage you guys to check it out. There's also so there's there's the Saturn version, but there's also a PlayStation 2 version that came out in Japan. And for that one, they actually revamped the graphics. It's a completely overhauled PS2 graphics game. Oh, really? Yeah. And the cool thing about it is that because this was made by AM1 and uh, uh, Makoto Ucheda, it it's a game that actually has uh, you can do alternate characters, so you can play as Axe Battler and Tyrus Flare from Golden Axe. Oh, really? Yeah, you can actually. Oh, yeah. I think you did mention something about that. Yeah, so you can play as them, and then you can even fight in one of the levels. You can fight Axe Battler, so it has like a whole like Golden Axe thing going on. With the PS2 version, which I'm not sure if you can mod a, a PS2 to play um, Japanese games or, or not. Oh. But yeah, but, that's not my thing. No, I know <laughs> um, doing the whole Japanese games. This I, I get it, I get it. But you know, I I kind of want to just take a look at a video of like what that looks like. You know, just the the Golden Axe because I mean I love Golden Axe. I mean that's yeah. Did you? That's uh, in the that's in the stable. That's when you play like regularly. I don't know if you looked it up, but did you see what any of the ratings for this one was? Oh, I did not. I did not. We'll have to report on the next. I th- well, I did see that it got in the sevens. You know. Yeah. And that makes sense for the time period that this came out. Nineteen ninety seven is pretty long in the tooth when it comes to beat 'em ups. Well, anyway, so considering the time it came out and the fact that it got in the sevens, not even just seven, but like seven plus. That's a fair. I mean, it's not a nine, you know. Well, here's the thing. I think I think it's. I think this game is so special that I I think of it more as a seven. But that's me. I would it's, it's I would been, say it's a seven. Well, play more sevens, right? I mean, that's what we say. Yeah. But I feel like this is a this is a special seven. This is like a seven plus because it's it's one of a very few select games in its genre, and it does it well, and. So for that, I think you have to give it like a seven. Call it a seven and a half. I don't know. Maybe that. Would, maybe I would give it a seven and a half. I don't know if it's quite an eight. 
But I would give it like a seven and a half. Find that girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the cutscenes in this game are just amazing. They're just they're so over the top that this game is as fun as it is funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's just a great time. So if you guys get a chance to check this out, even I hate to say it because I want you guys to play it, but even if you have to watch a playthrough, <laughs> check this game out. It's just it's just it's awesome. So yeah, I think um, you know that's our. That's our Christmas sign-off, Trent. What do you think? I'm feeling jolly about it. I miss Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, where are you? It's only been an episode. <laughs> Ryan, we need you back. Alone from night to night, you'll find me. Well, with that, we hope you guys have a very, very Merry Christmas. We hope you get all that you're looking for. Um, if there's one thing that we want you to do over this uh, Christmas holiday is play more games. Play more retro games. Enjoy some stuff. Uh, share some of this retro goodness with with people who don't know about it. If you can, um, have a very blessed holiday. Remember that everything good comes from above. Be safe, be happy, be healthy, and as always, keep it turbo. Uh. Enjoy. <laughs>